Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Seaweed Brain. Today, we are going to reunite with some old friends. We are going to relive some past trauma. We're going to welcome back a special guest. Um, Stick around. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Woohoo! We've got, yeah, we've got lots of reflection to discuss today. We've got to reflect on the reflecting, which is really, really what this podcast is all about. And we have to talk about the trogs, and we may even get into Nico's um, past lives. Also, I was going to say I just saw past lives and we just recorded our Little Mermaid Patreon episode and Carter just watched four movies about interracial dating in a row. And I just feel like it's going to come up today. And I'm going to warn everybody about that now, that like that is an inevitable lens that is going to be placed onto Nico introducing Will back to the troglodytes and making him eat the spicy, spicy soup. No, so, this we'll is good. There. This is important. We all talk about that TikTok of the girl leaving the movie theater, but, like, I think that people have stopped embodying that, you know? What TikTok are we discussing? It's, it's just um, her sitting down in different ways and, like, putting her hand over her face in front of a green screen in a movie theater or, like, looking dramatically over one shoulder, and it's about how she has a new personality because she just finished a movie. Oh, yes, 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 <laughs> yes, yes. That is so me right now. Everybody, by the way, my name is Erica. I'm the co-host <laughs> of this podcast along with Carter. Say hi, Carter. Hi, I'm also a co-host of this podcast. And we have a special guest today. It's Rick, who has been here many times. What's up, Rick? Yes, hello. <laughs> did you also see Past Lives? Is that... I did, and I also saw Asteroid City oh. today. Great movie. Is Asteroid City also about interracial dating? <laughs> no. Okay. It's did Wes it Anderson, so, I mean, baby. He does not so. do that. <laughs> he does not do that. <laughs> no. Wait, Carter, will you tell everybody about your four-movie marathon? Because I feel like it's... I just really think it's coming up today, and there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. Okay, so this past Sunday... You know, some of my friends were out of town, some of the other ones were busy doing other things, so I parked myself at the Boston Common AMC that has 19 different cinema viewing theaters within it. Yeah, Erica's been there on, (laughs) on, like, multiple occasions. I've been there on multiple occasions. I've had multiple... Oh, let me, anyway, um, I've been there, um, it's around. Anyway, on this day, I did the thing that you do as, like, a cheap Bostonian, which is you go into Chinatown, which is, like, two blocks south of there, you buy the credit card minimums worth of pastries, and then you go park your ass, um, in the theater for, like, 10 to 11 hours and hop between screening, see different things, and make educated guesses, as my Instagram followers know, based on um, (laughs) who is entering the different theaters. Because at this AMC, they are trying to lock it down. They said no pay for multiple tickets. So you just have to, like, walk in. Like, no one will stop you if you walk in, but, like, they will never tell you what the movie is. You know? So you walk in, and you, like, look around, and you're like, yeah, okay, this is... This is past lives. Yeah. I got it Based right. Based on the audience demographic and like what Based trailer is Based on the audience playing. demographics. You like see two people walk in and you're like, okay, wait, wait, wait. It's either like at this time of day, it's either Transformers, Past Lives, or Elemental. And I think that this one is Past Lives. Did I nail it? And then you walk in and you're like, oh yeah. Anyway, all of which is to say I saw all the movies I was interested in seeing at the Cinemaflex that day. So it was The Little Mermaid first, of course, to prep for a Patreon episode. Check that out. It was Elemental which um, I had a lot of thoughts about. It's about having a white boyfriend. I was going to say, like, interracial dating. <laughs> it's about interracial dating. No, like, see, that's the thing. Like, interspecies I had no, dating, I The guess? metaphor I was not metaphor. I didn't know where this movie was going. It's not just about interracial dating. It's specifically, like, you don't... Like, it's not even a metaphor at a certain point. Like, the, the fire people are immigrants. It's not a metaphor. And it's about being an immigrant and town. dating somebody who's not an immigrant. Like, I don't know. Like, did they need to be fire people? That's exactly what I thought. I watched that whole movie and I was like, sure. Why were they elements? I was going to say, it just would have been, like, protested by, like, the masses. They're not the masses. By the, the people 
who hate everything at this moment, um, interracial dating, gay people, they would have been like, down with Disney. Yeah, I guess they were trying to to get around the like turning red identity politics of it all. But again, did they do that because the fire people are literally immigrants? <laughs> like it's not some parts of it were not a metaphor. If you hated immigrants, then you're gonna hate this movie because it's literally about <laughs> facially and directly in name about immigrants. Anyway, um, weird movie. It had really. Um, it it had a, certainly a perspective about interracial dating. Let's say that. Um, and Oof. then out of that, <laughs> it, it was that. It was um, the Spider Verse movie, of course, which possibly film of the year, very likely film of the year, a very iconic viewing experience. Issa Rae, if if Issa Rae has no fans, then then I am dead. Um, <laughs> then I'm gone from the earth. <laughs> it was so good. And then oh, and then that brings us to Past Lives, which Erica just saw today, right? Today, yesterday, yesterday. Sobbed right through it, everyone. Yeah. That's the frame that's gonna be that's gonna be appearing today. And that brings us to Nico. Nico is an immigrant. <laughs> he is. He's just a white one. Yes. <laughs> I guess he doesn't have to be white. We'll we'll see what happens <laughs> when they adapt it. I don't know. I know the fans love him as like an Asian boy. It's true. Like, the fans don't they, do. Don't they love to make him Asian? If Asian Nico has no fans, then I am dead. <laughs> I'm so excited to see what people are going to finagle together to try to argue for it in the live action. Like, I, I'm looking forward to the summer of, like, maybe Hades is actually Vietnamese <laughs> tweets. Um. I feel like every summer is the summer of maybe Hades is Vietnamese tweets on the Steamed Brain Twitter account. <laughs> well, anyway, that, that's the framing for where we're approaching this from everybody see past lives shout out celine song um icon of the asian american theater scene in new york city debut film written and directed by it was absolutely stunning in every way it really was stunning beautiful we might talk about it more on patreon this month and by this month i mean in july (gasps) we're not settled yet but it might be a little brooklyn x past lives conversation (laughs) we'll see none of that is important right now we're here to talk about chapter 13 of the sun and the star everybody whip out your texts if you have them as you are all obviously listening to this podcast sitting at a desk staring at your wall and not driving or cleaning your house or on a long (laughs) walk or in the middle of your work day um or commute etc where did we last leave off oh yeah will care baird our first non-binary demon in the riordan verse into nothingness (laughs) and we open on chapter 13 with will pretty much passed out um in nico's lap this is like an image i think we should we should simmer on this image a little bit nico like stroking will's blonde curly hair like taking care of him like really being the protector here yeah a nice role reversal yeah i feel like (laughs) for them at least that's what i thought too yeah this is around the part of the book where i started to feel like really mark's influence playing out in the structure of the story aside from the flashbacks because i feel like usually we've established like the fireside campfire chats periodic moments of reflection in like a riot inverse that come every now and then but this is like we're only chapter 13 Mm -hmm. and we have like a sit down pause let's think let's talk let's reflect let's have a whole chapter of nico just thinking about like where they're at in their relationship and this whole book is like entirely reflective really methodical critical mindful yeah every step of the way should we read any of it (laughs) i have so many sections that i'm like oh we have to read actually the next the entirety of the the second page of this chapter nico wasn't familiar with the sensation oh yeah yeah so he's sitting stroking will's hair looking out into the distance where he can see um like you know where his dad lives thinking about how his dad's wish was that nico be his one child who could be happy and page 122 that was the most surreal thing of all. Was he happy? Nico wasn't very familiar with the sensation, but he couldn't deny that he felt wonderful in Will's presence. He even longed for the son of Apollo when they were apart. A funny thing had happened as the two grew closer. Nico suddenly understood all those cheesy, sappy love songs he'd always hated. They'd always seemed like such a ridiculous exaggeration. And it wasn't only that, of course. He had grown up in a time and place where people like him, well... They just didn't have love songs. In a roundabout way, his experience at the Lotus Hotel had allowed him to end up here, 
where this was possible. Nico had a boyfriend. Should I keep going? Honestly, keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, really? Okay. But that was the dichotomy of his life. The 70 years they had spent at the Lotus Hotel had protected Bianca and Nico. But by then, they'd already lost their mother due to Zeus's rage. So it wasn't like Hades' plans were infallible. They'd had to move all over the country. They found Camp Half-Blood and friends. And then Nico experienced loss once again. Bianca taken from him. It was a constant pattern for Nico to find some sort of solace and comfort, only to have it ripped away. Now here was Solace in his lap, sleeping like a baby. What would come and tear him away? Nico wanted to believe it would be different this time. He wanted Will to understand and accept that darkness was a part of him. But he also wanted to be seen as a complex person who is more than that, not just a child of Hades. Still, how could Will understand if Nico couldn't understand it himself? He couldn't seem to escape the darkness any more than he could defeat Epiales. It always came back, always claimed him, always reminded him of who he was. Was it possible for him to choose a different destiny, or was he cursed to suffer every time he found a crumb of happiness? Ow, 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 too real, too real, too real, too real, too close to home. Also, past lives. Let us think about it. His experiences, all of these things he experienced wound up in this exact moment. I love the wordplay of like, now here was Solace in his lap sleeping like a baby. So genius. Like, it's, it's so cute. Like, there's a, there's a lot of like really cute wordplay in in the whole book, I think. Um, but I mean, he ha- he had to do that with the last name. Like, it, there's a... Oh, absolutely. Like, he had to. I think the most interesting thing about the passage is that it is in many ways redundant. Nico is sitting here basically being surprised that he has a boyfriend in spite of being born in the 30s and having experienced a lot of loss and trauma. And all of these things have been true for a long time. None of this is new information. He's been dating Will for five books now. (laughs) And yet, they still made the decision that once they have arrived in the underworld, this is something for Nico to reflect on fresh. He's going to have all of these reflections again because he's recontextualizing the relationship in the context of you know will seeing where he is not exactly where he's from but like ancestrally i guess where he's from in the context of this meaningful test of the relationship where they're on the quest as just the two of them and because he's experiencing for the first time the opportunity to question is he happy He's never had the time mm. to be like, wait a second, is this what happiness is? Oh, I don't know, but I, I do feel good. But that can only mean that someone is coming to rip it away from me because that's a pattern of his life. That's his way of viewing the world and, and his own happiness and comfort. Oh. <laughs> at this point, we still don't know that Will's going to make it out alive. <laughs> I was so convinced that they were going to break up at this point. Like, I was like, wow. Will, you were like, I, Will I just... is coming to take Solace away. Yeah, like, I... It, especially with the way that he just carried himself in the underworld and especially in Tartarus, like just like, well, I guess not especially in Tartarus, more so as they were venturing down, just like was not welcoming of most of the things there that was cause of a lot of arguments. Like I was like, okay, the end of this book is either Nico will no longer have his powers or will, will they will have broken up somehow. Um, I was, or both, I guess, but I was like convinced of that at this point because he was doing so much self-reflection. I was like, maybe he isn't happy. Like maybe he just feels like he has to be with him right now. And I'm a, I'm a Solangelo supporter to clarify. So it was, it was sad to Mm -hmm. think that way, but I was like, maybe that's what would be for the best. Wow. Interesting. (laughs) Interesting. You feel like their level of conflict and tension was such that you thought that they should break up. I mean, I didn't want them to, but they, they kept arguing and it was, it was getting like, I mean, very clearly it was getting on Nico's nerves. He kept thinking about it throughout the entire book, how Will just wasn't as open-minded as he would have liked. Um, and I was like, maybe, maybe it's not going to work between them. <laughs> maybe <laughs> like, not. Maybe. <laughs> and maybe not. Yes, because the question here for, for Nico is, sure, they're arguing. This is his first real relationship. But, like, is he ever going to not argue with anyone? Like, this boy, I mean, yeah. for him, you know, unlike perhaps the story of Elemental in which Fire Girl could date someone from Firetown, <laughs> there is no one who Nico could, you know, 
meaningly find a romantic relationship with in, from the underworld, assuming that we are not supporting Nico dating a demon, um, which he totally could if he wanted to. But, you know, it's not like Nico's going to date another child of Hades or, or <laughs> someone who really understands that darkness. So is this something that Nico would have to work through in any relationship that he may have wound up in? Yeah, I think that is the profound thing underlying all of this is the fact that it is the first relationship and that he begins all of this with this line. I, I feel like this line is is frequent about um, how he understands love songs now because there's something about this where even though it's very cliche, it does ring true to me because I oh, think Nico's a so kind of person. And there are many of these kinds of people who like legitimately just don't trust other people and yeah. don't believe other people about such a uh, an intimate personal experience and must have firsthand empirical fact-finding in order to lock into what's going on here. And from that perspective of somebody who really, I think, fundamentally cannot use or believe other people as benchmarks for what's going on here, like, what is left for him but to, but to reflect and to wonder and to ponder what relationships are having not really thought that much about them before and not having that many role models for what this looks like that are meaningfully close enough to this experience to map onto. Which is, you know, I think all of these questions are important universally and especially things that are hallmarks of queer, young adult, coming of age, early adulthood media is the question of like what what is the first relationship? Like, how do I think about these ideas of sameness and difference when the benchmarks for how to understand sameness and difference and intimacy are fundamentally so different Mm -hmm. from what I'm experiencing and trying to cultivate? Yeah, your first queer relationship is like, it's always like all consuming and feels like it's the end of the world all the time or like the beginning of something. And it's just, yeah. Very relatable. I'm glad you pointed out that one line about understanding love songs because I think that when you think about the struggle of this relationship and like the tension and like what what Nico and Will are having to work through together, you can always go back to like, oh, but like genuinely like they're in love because you know that like Nico is finding his own evidence right now (laughs) for what being in love really feels like and what happiness feels like, even though he doesn't have any markers for that. Will wakes up. And they have a little chat about the Care Bear power and some more thoughts about maybe who Mother is. A little bit of reflecting about the nightmare, you know, where Nico jumps into the River Styx and whatnot. Um, They are not going to jump into the River Styx, but they are going to take a little cliffside path to go and visit our friends, the Troglodytes. Um, We did know this was coming, right? We've talked, we've, we've name dropped the Trogs before. We know we're on the way to see them. There's some more... Key moments of tension, conflict, as we're sort of wandering above the sticks. Nico says about the souls of the dead people, like they have to go somewhere. Most will end up in Asphodel. They'll be bathed in the River Lith. Forget their mortal memories. Just wander around forever. And that doesn't disturb you, asked Will. Not really, Nico said. Most of them wandered through their lives anyway. It's what they chose. Read. First of all, read. Um, Nico could tell that Will wanted to say something else, but whatever it was... He kept it to himself, to which I wrote, good. (laughs) (laughs) He's not allowed to have any opinions. Nico reached into his own pocket. He touched the bronze coin he always kept there, a keepsake Will had given him as a token of his dedication. He wondered if Will's commitment would always be that durable, or if he would eventually decide that Nico was just too alien coming from this realm. The interracial dating of it all. Are you going to give up on trying to understand me at some point? Are you going to decide it's too foreign and I can't deal with it? Every single time they have a conflict, Nico is worried about this. (laughs) Which is so real! I think it's really funny here also that Will is the vehicle for delivering the critique of underworld justice here. Because I think that there was a lot of speculation that Nico was going to be leading us down that path. It was us! We were speculating that. that. was kind of... Including from us, maybe primarily from us. I don't know. Um, Who else said that? <laughs> that this is how things were going to go. I just saw this and I was like, oh, that's so funny that Will's saying this. But it is also true that in the context of everything that just happened, my like my haunches were up when Will said this. Like I, I was on guard and I was like, Will, do you have an opinion about underworld justice based on what? Like 
did you read theory? Like, what, where, where is this <laughs> coming from? But it's interesting <laughs> that he is only, this is, he is concerned about that because it's the human souls. He obviously did not get to that point when he care-bared Epiales, the it's quote, true. shadow squid yeah. nightmare demon with mommy issues. That's how I would like to be described. I underlined that and I wrote Megs <laughs> in my book because last week Megs was like, I'd rather be called a slimy, scaly monster than a woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh my um a shout out to that uh where are we going with this we're meeting up the, with the drugs we're meeting up with the drugs we're descending i think it's worth noting as we go down here that will is still having some anxiety because you'll remember his nightmare dream was about nico jumping into the sticks and forcing will to jump in with him and they are currently descending a steep narrow path while will is sickly and ill and lagging behind Nico, and also thinks that other people are around, or that some monster is going to appear and attack them at any moment. You know, like we're having some some vestiges of the Orpheus and Eurydice of it all here as well. And this Ooh, is one of yes. the many scenes that our dear friend, who guessed in our podcast two weeks ago, has um, illustrated. It's There's like so a little cute. Twitter comic strip. <laughs> is that the one she posted today it was like it was pretty recent like a I couple think. days ago and i was gonna i was gonna say something like it is such a cute depiction of the scene i think that the emotions are oh, just, it was like, literally yesterday yeah so perfect on their faces it is it is alessia's most recent tweet right now um you should go find it it's like comic strip style it's on her instagram too it's so cute <laughs> it's yeah it's will being like are you sure we aren't still in a nightmare and nico kisses him and is like did that feel like a nightmare Alessia <laughs> <laughs> okay, also illustrated the scene that we were just talking about with nico stroking will's hair and he's like yes that was like her favorite image she said yeah yeah go look at it we'll link it in the show notes in case you can't find it but it, it's brilliant i also was like whoa merch alert should we make this if nobody's made it yet the light blue um camp half-blood counselor <laughs> hoodie <laughs> we're not getting on the wrong side of the disney hyperion lawyers like that we're not um... no this is some there's some weird thing that becky tried to explain one time about why there's not more merchandise because of the way that the rights work but that doesn't mean that know. we can do it and not get well, I have a Camp Half-Blood bag now. to us in court. And so do you, yeah. I have a Camp Half-Blood shirt from Etsy, yeah. We have a merch shop. I can make it on Canva and it can be up tomorrow uh, <laughs> on Public. It'll, it's coming. Um, I want it. Mostly just because, you know, I mean, let's be real. Orange is not the most universally Orange flattering not, color. Orange like a traffic not, cone. Not that cute, yeah. But a pale blue hoodie that says and Camp Half-Blood counselor. Also alluding to us being elderly. I think that's really <laughs> a, a, a ripe merch opportunity. That'd be cute. I don't think it does exist yet. Yeah. Yeah. I also okay, noted that one. every time I yeah. read this. Where, where, where is it? <laughs> There's also, I wanted to highlight a little piece of dialogue um, in this moment after the kiss. Will is like, wow, you're so good at this. How many times have you taken this trail before? Um, oh, a few Will's eyes brightened like he just had an epiphany. All those times I couldn't find you over the past couple weeks, this is where you've been disappearing to. Nico nodded. I wanted to make sure the troglodytes got settled in their new home. There were some challenges, but, well, you'll see what I came up with. The corner of Will's mouth rose. I'm glad you thought about helping them. Well, that's what this quest is all about, isn't it? Said Nico, facing forward. We have to fix what's been broken. I love that about you, Nico D'Angelo. And then Nico freaks out about Will being nice. I thought that was really interesting, given uh, not like one, two, three chapters ago, Will was having a nightmare about how he can't fix Nico. And Nico is here to fix what has been broken. I just thought that was kind of interesting, that maybe they're on slightly different journeys because Nico is here to accomplish something and Will is here to help Nico. Like, not that Will doesn't care about rescuing Bob, but that's not why Will is here. Mm -hmm. Yeah fundamentally yeah nico is fixing the injustice and will is fixing nico <laughs> but that's like the half of the relationship that's like all we've seen for most of the time we've seen them together i also don't think it's a bad thing no like yeah. that, that language felt very specific mm -hmm. yeah yeah we make it down to the trogs yay chapter 14 trog time i will say i think when they are described here as being uh, amphibians or frog-like, I feel like this is new. I feel like the last conversation we had about the trogs was me being like, wait, I think that Rick just described them as small people. 
and then other people Googling and being like, wait, these images all look yeah, like little lizards. Yeah, I thought they were frogs. They were described I as being humanoid Rick, previously. Yeah, imagine them as frogs the whole time, but prob- but like, I don't think he actually has noted in the books until now <laughs> that, that, um, that they're like kind of frog-like. I just thought that was funny. But they are, and we love that for them. <laughs> they're so cute. Something about them having a penchant for costumes which is the exact language here. I was like, Alphabet Mafia. Gay people. Little bit. No, there's a description of one of them, um, the one who's wearing hot pink. And I was like, why would I oh, wear... Oh, absolutely. <laughs> the head-to-toe pink outfit with a cowboy hat and there's like Leather gold studding everywhere. Yeah, I would there's absolutely wear that. There's something so delightful about like sort of interactually interfacing with somebody who is of a different gay generation from you do you know what i mean Where like you you'll find something and you'll be like that is like that's like so on the nose or like that's so buried and like that is not like something about the the way that you have laid this out is not how i would personally lay this out but i feel so like cared for in this moment and like that someone has reached across and been like, I'm trying to do something for you and make sure that you see this. That's exactly uh, how I feel reading this book. And I feel like Cared the outfit for. was that moment where it's like, <laughs> wow, this is like a lot. And this was definitely written by someone who's like in a different like <laughs> phase of their life and generation and like time. But I know what you mean. And if I saw this person on the street, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good for you. Shout out to that. Yeah, the one that's dressed like an aerobics instructor from the 80s with skin that glitters as if colored in yellow <gasps> gems. Like, that is a gay... That as well. ...creature. <laughs> like, and Marco Shiro did creature. an excellent job of putting them in there. Yes. I, I thank you for articulating that, Carter, because I was trying to figure out how to say earlier today, thinking about how, like, relaxing it's been to record all these episodes. I feel so cared for reading this book and, like... Every time something funny happens, I'm like, that's a silly inside joke Mark is sharing with us. Or like, I do feel like Mark is like reaching across the void through this book to gift us something. And perhaps like a lot of our thoughts have been validated by Mark being like, that is exactly what I meant, you know, over and over. (laughs) And so that allows us to feel even more, I don't know, cared for reading, like reached, (laughs) reached. I feel reached 100%. (laughs) Especially in a book that's like so focused on trauma, like it's it's very comforting. I didn't, I mean, there were really only a couple points where I like cried and it wasn't because I was like heartbroken. It was because it was just a beautiful moment. And I really appreciate Mark for that. Cause I was, I was scared of what I would read when I first <laughs> started reading the book. Yeah. I think we were all scared yeah. and I felt so deeply held, but also not spoken down to. Mm-hmm. I know I'm an mm. adult, but for eight year olds, listen. But you know, I think that funny. it's it's kind and caring and gentle, but also complex in all of the ways that we needed it to be. Remarkably complex for a middle grade novel, truly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Here's where we really get into the interracial thing. Nah. <laughs> I know that we've met the Trogs before. I know that Will has met the Trogs before, but we've talked about how this whole book is like a hometown date where Nico is bringing Will to the underworld to get to know his culture. And this in particular, like this was really like, we're going to sit down. Will is going to eat the soup, even though it's spicy. He's going to be like, um, excuse me, what is in this? What, what is in this? This scene is exactly mimicked in Elemental. When uh, the white water boyfriend sits down to have um, spicy food and yeah, the fire nuts, fire nuts, and is like, "Oh, um, it, it's yummy if it's less spicy." <laughs> and there is definitely a ma- moment in past lives when the white husband tries to talk. To- is this is kind of a spoiler? The white husband tries to talk to the Korean childhood friend in Korean, and the Korean childhood friend is not having it and keeps replying in. England, because he's like, this is not, this isn't working for me. Like, you don't have to do this for me. I don't know who this is for, but I don't think really? it's for me. I interpreted that as the as the Korean childhood friend trying to reach out to the white husband in the oh, same way. Fascinating. I could see it either way. I feel like I think it's a little bit of both. When he says, it, "I didn't yeah. think that liking your husband would hurt me this much." Yeah, I think he does. No, I definitely think he like likes the husband, but that. I, I don't know. Maybe that was just my, me projecting, <laughs> me the audience. So Carter hates being there, being interracial like, dating. Um, 
No, but literally, the interracial dating of Will trying to speak the Trog language and like totally messing it up, but Nico saying thank you for trying. And it's like, he's also, it's kind of like he's meeting like Will, or Will, it's kind of like Will is meeting like Nico's like zany, like extended family. Yeah. Yeah. Like for these sure. people are from another world. Yeah. He took Will's hand in his thank you for trying. Because that's what matters. That's what's important is that he's trying and that he cares. He's going to make mistakes. <laughs> I, I have like had, I feel like I've heard this conversation so many times. Specifically, there's something about being like in America and monolingual where like you assume that if you can like read something that has been transliterated into like Roman into like the alphabet that we use that it means that you are like doing a great job and i feel like that was the aspect of this that i felt really seen by is where will like he thought he ate that he, he really was like <laughs> he was like okay pat on the back look at me goring and shit <laughs> And Will was not. literally, like, preparing to go down to the underworld on Duolingo, being like, screech, screech, screech! And he, like, doesn't even speak it correctly, like, they're, they're like, but what are you saying to us? Because Nico dreams in screech. Nico dreams in... <laughs> he, like, wakes up, like, clicking. That was a past lives reference, everybody. You need to get yes. your butts to the local theater. And it's so it. funny because yeah, Nico does speak. not even dream in Screech. Nico learned this language like a year ago. I know, but okay, for the best, <laughs> for the you only speak troglodyte when you're dreaming. <laughs> I guess that's why I'm trying to learn troglodyte. <laughs> so that you can understand me when I dream? <laughs> this movie permanently damaged me. Okay. Really the fun thing is that the trogs have built a remarkable home um even more fancy than their last headquarters what is this will muttered in awe you are bearing witness to a new age of the troglodyte this is the most effective operation you diverted the river sticks said nico and he rubbed at his eyes for hydraulic power and you've basically introduced the underworld's first recycling system <laughs> That's adorable. That's powerful. I thought the scene was delightful. Every chance I think that we have to um, be very visually imaginative with, um, how would you say, non-carbon-based futures. Always a delight. <laughs> the kids are I love the image of them not just uh, having a hydroelectric civilization, but also, like, basically... Um, like being legitimately very pleased to pull old clothing out of the river sticks that humans have discarded and to wear it proudly. <laughs> Recycling, that... <laughs> thrifting. This is their version of like it's second beautiful. <laughs> Yeah. The implication is not even that this is like a downgrade for them. They, they're thrilled. <laughs> they think that the clothes are great. That's beautiful. Um, is it time for dinner with Will? You've alluded to this already. It's Will politely refusing to eat the food and being like, oh, no, I'm full. Like, really trying to be polite. And then being like, no, 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 you have to eat. Like, we have to feed you. And him being like, oh, I can't do this. Yeah. <laughs> and the chef also being like, I did my research. I know about your weak human stomachs and your dietary <laughs> intolerances. And I figured something out for you. It's it's real. It's so real. We're not, I'm not even making it up at this, this point. Scene. No, like there's Will this moment so where Will's boyfriend. enjoying it until he realizes what's in it, and then he's like, retroactively, I unenjoy that. Um. I was laughing out loud. Oh my goodness! And it's also funny because we literally had this scene already. We saw this happen in a group of people, and it's even funnier now somehow. It's funnier, yeah, because like we've been prepared for it, and they're prepared for it. That we've set this expectation that is different and a little zanier. And with the first step of Sue, everyone was like, oh, yeah, this is good. This is regular. They said that they, they made some changes. And what's in the soup? It's uh, a noli and shoelace. A, a delicious <laughs> shoelace. A noodle, if you will. He gets the cheese foam hat this time, which is also funny because he can't have a normal hat. Bon scratch. Appetite. Uh, there is a delightful <laughs> moment here also where Will's complaining about his hat and Nico says, who likes normal? I much prefer the weird. <laughs> Says the guy in the normal hat. Who else cackled? That that is so Jughead in Riverdale. Being like, Have you ever seen me without this hat on my head? 
No, that's weird. I'm weird. I'm weird. I'm a weirdo. weirdo. Have you ever seen me without the stupid hat on? That's weird. <laughs> but also, like, I just think it's so funny that, like, I don't know. Like, we're so there with Nico in this. Uh, that this one time I was like, oh, this was, like, of all the things that Will said, this is probably the most innocuous thing. And yet Nico's like, what? <laughs> Can you say that again? You don't like weird things? I cackled a bit. Uh- <laughs> I much prefer the weird. <laughs> it just reminded me of the upside down stay weird t-shirt from, I don't know if it was Brandy Melville or Urban Outfitters. Or, like, the but- normal people scare me, <laughs> AHS. Yes. Uh- <laughs> This remains a period piece. I don't care what Rick says. This book takes place in precisely 2013. <laughs> uh, do you think Rick was on Twitter, like, in 2013? Definitely, yeah. definitely, yeah. Sorry, did I say Twitter? I meant Tumblr. Uh- oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, he was on Tumblr. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. So he saw the Evan Peters renaissance. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> do you need to get something off your chest, Rick? I oh, love my. Evan Peters. I exclusively know Evan Peters as um, the guy with the wife from season one of, of Pose. Uh, Pose. I was exactly going to that. That's Donald why Trump. I was Not American him. Horror Story. I Are literally don't think I've seen him in anything else. I, okay, I, I know he's in American Horror Story. Oh, my God. He was Wait, Tate. What? He was oh, Tate. He was replacement the- Pietro. Yes, he was, yeah. he was also in... Um, Whatever that's called, X Men is that it? Wandavision. I don't. I don't care about Marvel, you guys. <laughs> Maybe you don't care about Marvel, but you should care about Elizabeth Olsen, Rick. I cannot say that I have seen. I think a single thing that she's been in. You've never seen Ingrid Goes West. <gasps> I'm a liar. I I have seen that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I freaking I thought. Love that's Plaza. what I thought. Um, so yes, I have seen Ingrid Goes West. <laughs> Have you seen the red carpet clips of them, where like, Aubrey shows up? Yeah, like two minutes later, and Aubrey dressed, picked the same dress that Elizabeth showed up in. That and photo is following was following my... her down the red carpet. <laughs> Wallpaper for several months in 2021. Listen, I'm a lesbian. I have seen that movie. That's what I thought, Rick. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, is it time to talk about Mother? 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 A bit, yeah. Um, so, so the lead into Mother is that the Trogs are like, something is afoot, something is stirring beneath us, and there is a changey smell. What? This brought me right to that one episode of Spongebob where there was a smelly smell that smells smelly. smelly. Thank you, thank you, Rick. I have a pretty good Mr. Krabs impression, I'm not gonna lie. Oh, you have mad Mr. Krabs energy. (laughs) Do you wanna hear it? Let me, hold on. Spongebob, where's me bunny? <laughs> and then you do the, and then you do the, then you do the laugh. But I don't know if I can do it right now. It's like a. <laughs> wow! Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. That's beautiful. Wow. My second thought about when they said there's a changey smell on you, I was like, oh my god, they're they're in the middle of puberty. Let us calm down. <laughs> No, wait, I'm not with you on that. <laughs> if people smell in puberty, you, you, you have to gently let them know that there's a oh, changey no. smell happening. <laughs> <laughs> and that they need to change their um, hygiene routines. I heard that in the voice of our eighth grade science teacher, Mrs. Osorio, just like gently <laughs> being like, sniff, sniff, there's a changey smell on you. <laughs> wow, that woman... <laughs> went through so much this is, a, this is a really quick tangent but in the name Breathe. of Mrs. Osorio <laughs> this is like something our friend did growing up we're still friends we were in the same 8th grade class right and he would get to class early every morning and he would walk up to the whiteboard of Mrs. Osorio's classroom and write giant in like an X and would write breathe if you think Mrs. Osorio is ugly oh my god like while she was lecturing a child he would bully like... he would like walk in from another class down the hall on his way to the bathroom pop in behind her write this on the board walk out I like collapsed laughing. But the funny thing is not the act of bullying Mrs. Osorio. It was the way that she did not care at all. And it was just like she Brennan would like lightly sigh 
and be like, yeah. oh, Brennan, I think you're in class. Shouldn't <laughs> <laughs> you go back to social studies? <laughs> you should just quit that. They're like be best bothered. friends. They were Kinda. literally best friends. They hung out every single day. That is so funny. That's is is Brennan gay? Yes. yes. <laughs> That's just Brennan your way of like is talking. The funniest, funniest bisexual person who literally taught me so much in life. Um <laughs> I need to write Brennan a long thank you note at some point for, like, doing things like explaining to me why Beyonce has a better belt than other people because it is melodic and um, rich and not screamy. Okay. Because she has a good mix. Okay. In seventh grade, I was like, oh, yeah, uh-huh. And he was <laughs> Brennan right. taught me what a snowball microphone <laughs> is back when he had a YouTube account where he did Bruno Mars covers back in middle school. Oh, That's when I learned what oh a, what, like, about, like, audio engineering. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there were two iconic coming-of-age queer moments that everyone our age knew about in our sixth grade, one of which was our dear friend, Keith, learning the choreography to the single ladies. <laughs> we did detail it, that recently. Which we talked about in the podcast. Was that also around the same time of, like, Glee doing it? Or was that... Yes. Okay, yes. yes. This, was when, this was in Glee was the backdrop for all of this. Um, the other iconic moment was Brennan Brown performing All I Want for Christmas Is You by Mariah Carey. In, again, like, I don't want to say it was before it was famous, because obviously since 1994, Mariah Carey... You know, like, literally one of the best-setting recording artists of all time. But it was before the, like, Mariah true renaissance of people coming back around and being like, this is an artist, this is a venerated woman, this song is going to go number one again every Christmas. It was before that. Was that when she was on it American was in that Idol? between era for her. It was before American okay, Idol, okay, too. Okay, okay, okay. All of which is to say, it was an iconic moment. He <laughs> ate that song up. A shout out to Carter him. and I were also both in this, in this mandatory <laughs> sixth grade uh, holiday concert in which we only sang Christmas songs. And I watch it, I shit you not, every Christmas. Aww. I whip I out the DVD of this Erica's production Instagram and I watch story it. It is so adorable. Is a horror story. <laughs> I zoom in on Carter doing a little kickball change. Aww. It's so cute. Anyway, Oof. it was Brennan's birthday six days ago, so. Gemini. <laughs> This is about reaching across the void, you know, thinking about our, our queer younger siblings. Why don't we talk about this? The changey smell. The changey smell is happening, <laughs> and the changey smell is coming from mother. <laughs> now I'm confused. At this point, I was nothing but confused. Right. The smell is coming from kind of below us, but like, it's not monsters, but it's not not monsters. It's near monsters, but it's not exactly that. It's something And a I was like, different. so it's not a metaphor And we smell it on you. <laughs> I was thinking back, I guess, to the um, the 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 Mount St. Helens. Um, you're undergoing a change. Oh, yeah. Puberty lecture, but this is not that at all. I, yeah, <laughs> I don't think Nico actually needs puberty conversations. He is seventy something years old. He he. <laughs> he is seventy. He is an elder. Eighty something. He has that shit locked down. Yeah. Um, what do we need to be talking about here, though? Um, there's one last little hometown date moment where Will. <laughs> This boy, it's funny because sometimes he like is learning a little bit of tact and he's like, oh yeah, I didn't master the language. Oh yeah, let me stop talking about how the food is bad. And then here to Nico, I guess it's because it's just the two of them. He's like, I'm really surprised that the trogs are like doing okay. And they're like having a good time. And Nico's like, what? W why? <laughs> what do you <laughs> oh. mean? Why not? Can I and read Will's it? Like, Can I read it? Let's, let's read it. All right. Should we do it as a dialogue? Dialogue. Carter, you're going to be Nico? Sure. Rick, do you want to be Will? Of course. Can I do the accent? The what? accent? What? He's yeah. got like a Texas Southern accent? He had, yes! Oh my god, he is from Texas. He, is from he Texas. left when he was young, though. His mother tours. <laughs> I, I don't know. Okay. Nico must have been sending out strong, I don't want to talk about it vibes, because Will didn't ask for details. At least the troglodytes seem happy down here, he offered. I didn't expect that. <laughs> Nico raised an eyebrow. Why not? Will shrugged. You know, just the underworld, land of the dead. I thought they might find living here depressing. Death is part of life. We always live next door to it. I don't think the facts should be called depressing. Okay, sure, but living in this place... Will scanned the cavern like he was looking for something that just wasn't there. Nico took a deep breath. He reminded himself that Will had been through a lot today. They both had. Not everything here is the worst in the universe. My father lives in the underworld, and lots of living people keep his place running. Bob was a janitor there, remember? Yeah, I remember. 
I'm just saying, living people like Bob or the troglodytes, they're the exception to the rule, right? Nico scowled. He wished Will could be a little more open-minded about the underworld. The troglodytes may not have been born here, but they fit right in. Couldn't Will see that? But Nico didn't want to fight anymore. He also supposed their encounter with Epiales hadn't made for the best first impression of his father's realm. Oh, Your accent hometown. took me all the way out. I'm sorry. I wanted to give up. All I could imagine was like, this must be like, like it was giving like old timey play. Yeah, a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, that's probably not what Will sounds like, but you know. <laughs> but we had fun. The exception to the rule language was just so, Nico took a deep breath. I took a deep breath right alongside him. I was like, it's been a long day. Mm-hmm. I think that what we can learn from Nico here is a true generosity of spirit, a true patience, a true sense of mercy. Oh my. Yeah, mercy, <laughs> compassion. He's very forgiving because I feel like I feel like there's been a little bit more than three strikes at this point. Not that that's like necessarily important, but you know, like he's, I'm surprised he hasn't blown up at him yet. We'll, we'll get there. True. I'm surprised Will keeps talking. <laughs> like, it really... Oh, Will will not... Have you ever met a Nico white boyfriend? Nico is Carter? not <laughs> subtle about this. Every time Will... Like, it, they keep saying these things like, oh, like, Will can read cues. Like, Will knows not to ask about Nico's trauma. But Will doesn't know when to shut the hell up <laughs> about <laughs> just aesthetically not enjoying things. No, but the thing is, there have been a few moments in the last couple chapters. One of them in like this chapter, or the section that we talked about today, where it was like, Will wanted to say something else, but he didn't. He's learning. Yeah. He can recognize that maybe he's putting his foot in his mouth, but he doesn't really- That's an important step. about it all too much. Yeah. This episode has really become (laughs) something else. I'm really sorry, everyone. (laughs) Well- there's just a little a little dash of chapter 15 before we delve into the large blacked out section in the center of this book. <laughs> um, should we cover 15 real quick? Let's cover 15. That seems like a good place to, to yeah. take it. Yeah. yeah. So we are calling a council of the Trogs to discuss Nico's updated thoughts about who is mother and what is the change you smell. We're at the council. I think this is a good time to mention that, first of all, the Trog uh, council leader is a woman. Shout out to her. Girl boss. Matriarchy. Um, Mother. <laughs> matriarchy did it before the U.S. Um, and, <laughs> oh, no. Um, <laughs> they really, and they did hydraulic power, everything. <laughs> and we also here are introduced to um, future icon and person that was mentioned on the book tour and we have been waiting for. Not person, I guess. Trog. Person? Like, I think person is an okay term, but maybe human is not. Anyway, um, it's His Majesty, everyone. His Majesty. His Majesty, who um, incidentally, I believe, does not take um, he, him, his as, as pronouns. <laughs> I don't think. Right? Um, I just have to say that I love Shriek vibes as a name. Like, and Clack Jones. <laughs> I'm Clack Jones and you're Shriek vibes, Rick. <laughs> I'm oh my God, so Carter, you're Howell like, Smith. So true. <laughs> oh, that's very true. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Nico reveals to us, who is mother? It's Nyx. And just in case you were like, wait, didn't we already fight that big bad? How could this possibly be the big bad for this book? Um, she's even worse than Gaia. <laughs> they, at that moment, I was a little bit, okay, girl. I wrote LMAO. <laughs> worse? How is that even possible? Turns out she is the goddess of pure darkness, as we knew. And... More importantly, Nico met her before. You thought you saw a bit of lampshading at the start of this book. Just you wait. We are really about to get down into it, into the flashback of darkness. Yes. Nico says of this memory uh, that he never told Will, uh, nor did he tell anyone. Quote, not Kyron, not Mr. D, not Percy or Annabeth or... Jason, we have another little exchange here between Will and Nico about trauma and whether or not Will is maybe a little offended that he hasn't heard the story before. And Will being very, um, like, supportive here. Like, really, I get it. You don't have to tell me. You're the only one who can decide whether talking about it will help. And if it won't, I don't want to re-traumatize you. 
Nico marveled at how Will could shift from being hurt to being a caregiver so quickly. He was like one of those dent-resistant cars that just popped back into their original shape no matter how bad the fender bender. That's really what people talk about when they say golden retriever energy. Have either of you watched the queer ultimatum? No. Oh my Will god. Will is like Sam. <laughs> have you watched it, Carter? I have not, but I heard a whole ass podcast episode about this. And I think that I would really enjoy it. It's something else. Um, but Will and, <laughs> Will and Nico are kind of like Sam and Aussie, but Aussie and Nico are not the same at all, but also the same. Um, you'll understand that if you if you watch the show. <laughs> I will, I do want to watch it. I've seen a lot of content about it, and it's been like discussed in all of my workplaces. So I feel like I should watch it to engage in water cooler talk. <laughs> it's so messy. Um, well, Nico wanted to believe that he could choose not to share. He wanted to disappear into Will's light and warmth to purge the memory that was awakening in him. But of course, this book is one big allegory for processing your PTSD in therapy. And so he shook his head. No, Will, I think I need to tell you this. Nico wiped his face, annoyed that it was already wet with tears. He faced the Trog Council. You all need to hear what really happened to me the last time I was in Tartarus. And that's where we're going to end for today. I really am sorry, everybody. Wow. I don't know how this episode came. I mean, I knew it was going to. I know I apologized <laughs> at the beginning, but I want to just re-apologize. Like, you did not come here today for all of that. To hear us talk about. Past lives. <laughs> interracial dating movie marathons. But, you know. Elemental came up, like, a lot in this conversation. I'm kind of gagged by like how much we were talking about. applicable to what we just read. It was, like, applicable, but also I don't feel like any of us necessarily are out there um, on the stump for this movie. <laughs> we will be back next week. We will be back. It'll be the blacked out section. Get excited. We're talking about Mother. Mother next. Wow. All right. We'll see you guys then. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.